0: Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce?
1: Served up by Variety Attractions, celebrating 60 years of entertainment excellence.
0: This episode of Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce is brought to you by Brannigan Inc. For nearly two decades, Brannigan Inc. has energized brands in the entertainment industry, helping fairs and festivals connect with audiences. Their creative, results-driven marketing approach drives attendance and makes communications fun. Check them out at BranniganInc.com.
1: Also, this episode is brought to you by Spectrum Weather Insurance. Spectrum Weather Insurance provides a variety of rain, heat, severe weather, and event cancellation insurance customized for your specific event. They have the experience and expertise that hundreds of events rely on each year. Visit them at SpectrumWeatherInsurance.com.
0: songs Brantley and you put them together is your mind always that okay this is gonna be my cut and I'm gonna cut this or have you ever written a song specifically for like you know I know that when I put this out I'd love to have so and so cut it like do you ever keep other artists in mind you're like oh I'd love for whoever to do this one
2: from time to time yeah sometimes you get down the rabbit hole and you know, you, you wind up with, with something stylistically that's not going to fit the record. And then and you, and you might starts wondering, mm-hmm. and, you know, different artists like different things. Like there's, I won't say any names, but there's, there's guys that, there's one guy in particular you know that likes trains. <laughs> if you're right. So I had, <laughs> were about it, you know, you got to know in that direction where to go with it. Our publishing companies are, are uh, of course, extremely instrumental in that as well. Uh, knowing where they go. But yeah, I'll say every now and then you land on something that's just undeniably somebody else. And, (laughs) you know, I, I will say with, with things being the way they are right now, I try to make a conscious decision to tell the guys that I'm writing with, especially if it's something that they brought to the table that was already started. If it's, if it leans in somebody else's direction, um, I try my best to step away from it. Uh, and not just be another name on a song that somebody cuts, uh, especially when, you know, that artist's name could end up on the writer's list as well. I feel like, sure. you know, if, I, if I'm not earning my keep on a song and if I'm not too deep into it, I'll back out and be like, hey, man, I'll take that to them. And, and, uh, and, and you know, we try to be that way about it, but a lot of times you're just too far down the rabbit hole and it's like, you know, but I mean that's that's one of the million reasons that songwriting is always be fun, always mm-hmm. be interesting because you just never know what's going to happen when you sit down.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it, it could be exactly what you're trying to write, or more often, it's something completely in the other direction that, that ends up working its way into being instrumental for somebody. Mm-hmm.
1: So speaking of uh, going off in another direction how long did it take for you to like recently kind of step out with Lindsay L first duet. So, I mean, for you, that was a big step, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, then again, as a writer first, it's kind of like, you know, I can't tell you how many duets or songs that could have been duets that we've written in the past. And, you know, we didn't go that route, not for any particular reason, I'll say the collaborations we did, you know, early on up until, you know, the past few years were really just what happened in the moment. You know, we were touring with Colt Ford a lot. You know, we did Dirt Road Anthem. We played that thing every night. So, you know, when we're touring together, chances are we're going to be writing together and, and we, we write ourselves into to, to different things. And, you know, we were. I was out on the road with Thomas Rhett and Justin Moore, you know, and, and – you know, we decide we want to do a song together. So we start looking for one that fits, you end up with small town throwdown. Mm-hmm. Um but with uh with this one we started writing it, we knew that chorus was just man, it, it, it you couldn't not listen to it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't abrasive, uh and you know, just just had power. No, no matter how you what your delivery was on on that chorus as a, as a performer or vocalist or, or whatever, man. It, it was almost effortlessly powerful, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Man, when you have one of those, it's like, it's dynamite. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we finished it and we were actually out with Kid Rock. And um, one of his backup singers came and sang uh, the female demo mm-hmm. on it, and, which was super cool uh you know th- just for the songwriting process itself but I gotta say you know when we started looking through lists of names I I can't take credit for for Lindsay being on it, it was not my idea it, this is in honest to God I wish it's one of those things where it was like man damn it I wish that would have been my idea but yeah. we were yeah. we had a list of you know potential people that we we had heard you know possibly heard on it and I won't get too specific with names or anything, but there were there were several that we had talked about that were talked about conversation. But I can tell you this: when Scott Borchetta was a, he can he can take uh, he can take all the credit on this one when he brought her name up, it was an instant like that's it. Because I was he knew I was a fan of Lindsay. I played first off. My brother in law has been in love with Lindsay since the day he saw her.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I took my – when my wife and I uh, – you know, we, we had some history. We, we were kind of off and on for about five years and then didn't see each other for – see or speak five years and got back together. But when we got back together, uh, one of the first things I did was take her mama and her little brother and her to the Opry. And Lindsey was playing that night. And I'd heard of Lindsay and, you know, Lindsay was a grinder. I remember seeing her record on desks at radio stations long before I knew, you know, she actually was. So, um, you know, I, I did a little bit of a dive on her and then seeing her play at the opera was just like, I was just sold as a fan. You know, mm-hmm. You don't see it very often where, I mean, I'm not saying this for any other reason than it's the truth. You don't, Often see a you know a female artist get up there and not only rip something vocally, but then turn around and grab a guitar and just shred the paint off of it. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. It was right. like, what the f- just happened? <laughs> you know, <okay. laughs> so, you know, bring yeah. her in and, and get her on. It was, and she, I, I didn't get to be in the studio. We were, we were grinding really, really hard at that point in time, and I know she was too. But she, she took the time to get in the studio with Dan, and I'll never forget Dan um FaceTime me while Lindsay was in the booth singing. And he was like, dude, she is murdering this thing. Like she's <laughs> killing it. And yeah, you know, even just listening to the phone, I knew it was like, and I I immediately every time you know we heard anything about the song, I'm calling other writers on it like, hey, dude, she is just guarded. I mean, yeah. it, there's caution tape around what she just did. <laughs> <thinking>. <laughs> it's a it's a crime scene in there so she yeah. killed a man and and you know just honestly you know we you know we we kind of brought that song to the table that being said it being her first number one i kind of feel like man i, I was just kind of proud to be a part of that you know for yeah. her that that was something really cool to be a part of man i i have all the respect in the world for her just as a person and as a musician man i mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of So that was a that was an awesome experience
1: uh justine and i our podcast is audio but we're watching you right now and i just want to say this is just an observation watching you speak is that <laughs> as a father you know when you talk about your kids you know, and how proud you are of them or accomplishments they've had. You're all of a sudden you get this smile on your face and watching you, Brantley, talk about your songs and certain moments at those songs, that smile comes out. It's like you're talking yeah. about your own kids and it's just okay, I'll probably be the first one that ever say this word to Brantley Gilbert, but I, I think it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the smile that comes on your face when you talk about your s- songs are just like when you talk about, you know, your kids taking yeah. their first steps. It's yeah. just great. It's just so refreshing to see that. It's just awesome.
2: Well, you know what's cool, man, is, is you know, the way of approaching it like us being a family and all of us being in this together, man, makes it a lot easier to be proud of, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, Cause I get to see those smiles on, on the guy's faces that are there around it, man. Like our, our road crew, when we go out, when that stage goes up, these guys do it every day, but they still take pride in it.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: they look up and they're like, hey, all right, we made this thing <laughs> bad nice today, but we did mm-hmm. the thing.
3: Yeah,
2: um, And when the band, you know, when, when, we have a good show. Like it's it, nobody has to say anything to each other. It's a fist bump. It's like, yeah, all right, tonight was on. You know, yeah, um, man, I really am. I'm, I'm surrounded by a one of a kind family. That dude. I mean, I get to share some really cool moments with some really cool dudes that Mm-mm. that I truly do love and care about. Walmart. Like it's it's a uh, it's a real thing, man. We we've been blessed, and and like I said, man, I wanted to sell out the Georgia Theater. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, we did that when I was 20, it, you know, everything since been, been, you know, just a, a an awesome bonus. And, and you know, we, I, I will say this, we don't really have a, I guess I'm getting to the, to the point in my career where I should probably have some long-term goals, but I don't think that's ever been there, man. I think our, our goals, we've always just set more short-term goals and, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's kept us motivated and driven and, Dude, I mean, like I said, I think you guys have spent some time around us, and you, you've seen the show live. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you watch that, and you know we're we're kind of of the same mind when we're mm-hmm. up there.
3: Right.
2: Um, but man, it's like that off stage too, and and the folks we have, and you know, in the office, you know, the way everybody gets it is is something I feel like is unique. Maybe it's not. Maybe a lot of artists have, have this relationship with most of the people they work with um but I just feel blessed that we came to town with something you know worth keeping you know they didn't try to change everything about us man and there was a reason for that we built something special and i mean yeah i'm I'm proud of it i uh, I light up a it's a it's a different kind of light up when I talk about my kids because man that's the
1: <laughs> oh I know i yeah. you know it's just Watching you is, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate
2: you saying that though, brother. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome.
0: So as we know, a lot of the special moments happen when we're on the road and, you know, when you're at the shows and on stage. And is there a particular tour for you that's top of mind or, you know, a specific (laughs) show or any of your favorites?
2: For the title of your show? Yes, I can think of one actually very particularly. It was a Willie Nelson throwdown tour. Uh, I think it was in like 2008 maybe, but it was, you know, Willie Nelson, Jamie Johnson, Randy Houser, Lee Bryce, uh, Lucas Nelson, Willie's son is a good friend of mine. That, that, dude, have y'all listened to a lot of this stuff, Lucas mm-hmm. and stuff?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, it's ridiculous. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, Lucas, Craig Campbell was on that. Hmm. Um, but let's just say. The same people that put that one on put the Warp Tour on, which is you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean that's what I, when I mentioned it, you said that, so that yeah. There were days when you woke up and you know you get out. You, not only did you know you might not have known which way catering was, but you <laughs> knew where your shower was because you could feel the plastic hit the door when you open the door to the bus. They literally like hang plastic like things it was like a quick shower or something yeah and you'd have a bag of water <laughs> above that plastic either that or get somebody to climb a step ladder and pour a five-gallon bucket on your, you know? <laughs> um, but that was some ragtag stuff but I- i'll tell you this we had a blast on that tour with that being said but
3: mm-hmm. yeah i
2: remember days you'd wake up and you know for for all the bands made stage or side stage either one you know mm-hmm. Some crazy things happened on that tour. I do remember Jamie Johnson at one point. I won't say what made him do it, because there were there were several different theories as to what caused this. But at one point, Jamie Johnson had his bus drive him by his house. And he got his dog in his pickup truck, and he followed the bus and drove himself for the rest of the tour. And that happened, like, I want to say halfway through. Oh, hmm. There's okay. just crazy shit happening out there. Me and Lee Bryce tried to climb one of those inflatable beer bottles you oh. know, <laughs> one night because they were letting it down. So they were deflating it so it kind of you could get your hand yeah. upwards sure. on there yeah. and climb a little bit. And then they decided, I guess they didn't want us to climb it. So they pumped it back up and we almost died. Uh, but no, that, that tour, I look back and I'm like, golly, you talking about baptism by fire because that was our first big tour. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it was it, it was something else, bro. So, so no I'm glad
1: that, you
0: all survived.
2: Yeah. I'm yeah, glad you all
0: survived that.
2: Yeah, you so and me both. Just, so
1: it's probably <laughs> good that you know any other venues that listen to this that they don't have anything inflatable around because <laughs> yeah. it's a beeline for Brantley. Yeah, yeah not anymore. Not at yeah.
2: thirty six. I'm more like, hey, that thing's cool. I hope somebody climbs (laughs) that. I hope somebody tries to climb that. I feel like that's a different mindset, too. Like, I don't drink anymore, but I am a Willie Nelson fan. And sometimes you kind of, with that, I don't mind being the spectator as opposed to the the guy on it. Yeah. Well, now you
0: can just be the instigator. You can just plant the ideas to other people, like,
3: Yes, absolutely.
1: So speaking of which way is catering, so when Brantley gets off the bus and asks which way is catering, knowing that you're an avid hunter and everything, I'm sure you're not going in there looking for the salad bar.
2: No, I will say this. I've been having to make whatever I eat right now, I'm eating a salad with, so you know, I'm, I'm a, a heavy protein type guy, and I, I won't get too far down the health road because my wife will call bullshit on that really quick. <laughs> <I remember. laughs> but even when I'm not steady in the gym, you know, on a regimen, I, I still try to keep, you know, a protein based diet. Right?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay.
2: uh, but she's kind of trying to work on me a little bit. And I think what she's done is she's taken stuff that I really like incorporated into salads oh so we've i've tried to been I've, I've kind of tried to replicate that on the road i just i'm not real good at it good at that mm-hmm. yeah. my wife can throw down in the kitchen i'm not but uh, you know yeah I've, I've uh hadn't totally transitioned to salads i'm dude i'm a meat and taters guy yep. you can tell i feel <laughs> like you can look at me and you just know that yeah, yeah
0: you just know so being a big hunter, um, I know. So on your Instagram, there was a video you're like catching fish with your hands. Is that oh thing? yeah. What do you, what do you call that? Does that have a name?
2: Noodling. Noodling? Noodling, <laughs> <yeah>. Noodling <laughs> or Hannah sometimes calls it hillbilly hand fishing. I'd like that. Hillbilly I mean, how hand
0: do fishing. you, yeah. How do you do that? How do you noodle?
2: This, this sounds insane because it is Right. Good. Um, this was not on my bucket list of things to do before I died. But I met Hannah and Jeff Barron um, and honestly what what I mean she's incredible Hannah, Hannah's uh, she's just tiny little thing that, that literally sticks her arm in a hole and comes out with 60 pound catfish and puts them on her shoulder. Jeez, like hey. yeah she's she's acquired a, a massive following. Um, and, and, and has created a massive brand around this. And I'm telling you when you, when you meet them, what got me is, is, you know, seeing them have an awesome father daughter relationship. And I, I'm sure you guys have have seen interviews where I was absolutely terrified of having a little girl. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was the shit that nightmares are made of. <laughs> um so to see somebody when anytime some i see somebody that has an awesome relationship with their daughter like i want to pick their brain like, what'd you do? do and man so I, I had known them indirectly through years uh, for years through michael lee um but we met uh when we were down on a writer's retreat in texas they were down there uh doing some fishing and we were we were all gotten out of helicopters and stuff but uh, the guy that owned the place that we were writing at also owned the place they were fishing out of. So mm. they came and hung out and man, they're just, once you meet them, like we're, we, he says Ken. And, and we basically were from, from like the word go, we're, it's, it's almost like family, man. They're mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. salt of the earth people, man. Some of, some, some of my favorite people in the world, two of my favorite people in the world right now, just, uh, he kind of stayed after me pretty good. He'd come, like, when you come coming fishing, he texts me, you know, two, three times a week sometimes. And finally, my manager was like, the, the hard part about it was we were just starting to pick back up and my schedule's nuts. So it was trying to find a day,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, in all the madness to, to sneak out there and knock it out. And my manager said, finally, he's, dude, I'm just picking a day and we're going. So I was, I was, I was pretty happy about it. We got there. And y'all, just just let me preface this by saying that I only really have I have very few fears in life. That's snakes, sharks, and commitment, and water <laughs> and water that I can't see to the bottom of. Now we get there. It's about midnight, the night before we're supposed to go, and Jeff and Hannah, uh, my manager, met me there. And we decide we're going to take a ride out on the boat, you know. So we're just riding around, having a good time, uh, just cutting up, talking, listening to music. Did a little bow. We got a little bow out. Did a little shooting uh, on the water. And uh, got to the point where Jeff, Hannah's dad, goes, you know, boy, we're out here. We might as well check, check a hole, check a box. And he gets out and checks the box and there's a fish in it. You know, he did whatever he does to figure out there's a fish. He'll put his foot in the hole or in the box, or whatever he's doing, or his in arm, home. and he'll tell you if there's one in in there or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, next thing I know, man, it's it's three thirty in the morning, and I'm in chest deep water, you know, underwater mm-hmm. with my arm all the way in a hole or in this, you know, in this box. Uh, With my hand closed like that, just going back and forth in this hole, trying to get bit by like the fish version of a pit bull. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, when these things bite, like I was expecting, like it's a fish, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was expecting like a little nip, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he said a lot of these during the time of year we were we were fishing, the big ones had kind of moved on. There were some some smaller ones, which they consider 35 pounds small. Small. You know. <laughs> it's just ridiculous to me. I put my hand in that hole, and the first time I got hit, I'm not kidding, I thought I got hit by a shark or something like that. Oh, it, I mean, it grabbed the whole of and oh. But, man, I tell you, once you do it and, and you get a hold of that little guy and pull him out of that hole and throw him in the boat, it's like – it's on. it's 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a freaking mug. It's like you want pound your chin. And then you look up there and Hannah's just so sweet. She's sitting on the boat, just tell you, like, yeah, good job. Like that's that's a tiny fish, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've caught fish three times that size. And I told them this, and I I am not gonna lie to y'all either. Honestly, had it not been for Hannah being on that boat, Jeff's an awesome dude. He probably would have talked me into it, but I don't know that it's. You have to do it once you get out there, and Hannah's on that boat, and you've seen her pull out sixty-pound fish, and she's kind of looking at you like, "Are you gonna go under or what?" Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, or you know,
2: have yeah, you're going, you,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: But it's a lot of fun. I will tell you this, man. It's it's uh, it's no joke. I had a and he wasn't a big flathead, but you know they'll tell you like the blues bite harder. Like they'll they'll really pop you and mm. and and they'll fight you, but the flatheads when you know they'll roll with you like a gator roll like what an alligator mm. does. So he told me we we had the night before and that morning all we had seen we didn't see a flathead yet. So we thought we should, we were just ripping blues, man. That was going to be you know I I just figured that was we wasn't going to see a flathead. Maybe they were move past, you know, uh, egg season or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I stick my arm down in this hole and Jeff told me and Hannah told me, like, look, if you get bit and it starts to roll, you know, because when when you go in their mouth, you kind of open your hand up and you try to find their bottom lip or a gill sure. or something to get a, a good solid hold on. And man, when they know you've grabbed them, he's going he's going to take you for a ride, buddy. <laughs> and I stuck my, my, you know, I'd kind of open my hand in his mouth, trying to find something, you know, feel my way out to his, his bottom lip. And buddy, like I said, we hadn't seen a flathead all day and he went to rolling and y'all, I'm not kidding. This chucker turned me upside down. All rolled me all the way over. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Walking. It was humbling. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> So it was what fun, did, It was terrifying. And it was it was humbling.
1: So did oh so did you get the kind of the badge from Hannah on that one? Then were you in the club then? She's kind of hard
2: to read. <laughs> I, think I, I have to catch a bigger fish next year.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: I think maybe our fish were too small. Oh. Okay. But we. I mean, you saw, man. We had forty pounders. I mean, yeah. I think there was like a, there was at least a thirty five in there. And, I mean. That's a big fish. Yeah. Yeah, 35 pound fish on the regular, you know. Yeah.
0: That's a small child. 35 pounds is a small
2: child. It's what my my four year old weighs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not and I'm not, y'all, I'm not joking. When you reach your hand in that hole. Which is something that just everything about it feels wrong.
0: Because you Correct. can't see, right?
2: No, God no. uh uh-uh. uh. Oh ma'am. You- you, uh, you, yeah, I don't you know if I can do that. You put like a leg in the hole to block it, right? And, and you know, every time I went down, Jeff or Hannah was right there beside me and they'd kind of keep a foot or something in the mm-hmm. hole. But hey, one of them put his foot in the hole to check to see if there was a fish in there. He got bitten the toe and it like bitten the foot and his toe broke. Like mm. another guy broke his hand while we were out there. So it's, man, that junk, it ain't no joke. You got to be something's got to be a little bit sideways up here, because yeah, I tell you, when, I'm, <laughs> when you're underwater with you, you know, shoulder deep in in something, trying to get bit, you know, just waiting on something to bite you, that goes against every human instinct in my body. Oh, but yeah. there you are. Yeah, but there you Terrific. are. I'm in water. I can't see to the bottom. of, there's got to be sharks in here, and <laughs> and snakes, and snakes.
1: And lack of commitment.
2: Yeah. 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 How committed to how committed to catching this you know, I ever. Mean, that's terrifying in itself. At one point, if somebody else catches one, it's like, well shit, now I gotta do it. I don't have a choice. But right. it it was a lot of fun, man. And and more than anything, like anything else outdoors, you know, I'm getting ready to end of the month. I, I go every year I go with Lee Likoski, uh and he and Lee and his wife, Tiffany, have a show called The Crush on Outdoor Channel, and they're some of my favorite people in the world, man. Um, They're just salt of the earth, and when it comes to raising trophy whitetails, I don't personally know anybody that does it better um, than Lee, but Mm -hmm. he's just – man, they're incredible hunters, and they're they're lots of fun to be around, and and Lee's kind of turned into a big brother in kind of ways that I didn't have – but he, he's he's an awesome dude. We go every year uh to to Colorado and go elk hunting. So we oh, we dude. I play in Illinois on the twenty fifth and as soon as that's over I'm shooting down to Colorado and nice. We'll go ten thousand foot up a mountain where cell phones don't work for a week, mm-hmm. week and a half and, and chase elk around. So
3: awesome. And
2: it's like, you know, like anything else with the outdoors, it's it's as much as the pursuit and, and You know, the, the, the catch or or the shot it's, it's, uh, it's the fellowship and the time you get to spend with the people around you. And -hmm. and again, that's, you know, whether it's Jeff Ranner, Lee and Tiffany, you know, Michael Lee, his crew, uh, been extremely blessed with the opportunity to meet some of these folks.
1: It's, It's uh, it's just like riding a Harley Davidson. It's not the destination. It's the journey.
2: That's right, brother. That's Mm -hmm. right.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, One of our guests that we've had on our podcast is Mr. Trace Adkins. And yeah, yeah, that's another yes, sir. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) sir. Trace, uh, when we spoke with him, he's a huge Civil War buff. When he would be on the tour bus on tour, he'd be watching the History Channel. And I know you got some brushes with the Civil War. (laughs)
2: oh man how did you get your hand
1: (laughs) it's like you know what what, Brantley it's like just sticking your hand down a hole (laughs) yeah yeah
2: you might get bit uh no so my grandfather was was a huge civil war guy as well he wrote two books um, on it in red, I can't tell you how many. Um, you know, and, dude, we literally like it. It was uh, we'll just say it was a it was a family affair. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, had us doing reenactments and all kind of stuff, and it was just more about spending time on, you know my papa than anything. Uh, but yeah, he was he was really big into studying the Civil War. I, I kind of picked that up in my own way, but I'm more of a World War II guy. I, mm-hmm. uh, to me, that's the the ultimate story of, of you know the United States kind of trying to be the "Don't tread on me" folks, and
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, you hit us in Pearl Harbor and we took it to everybody, and you know, defeated like what some consider to be the ultimate force of evil on earth that we've seen. You know what I mean? mm-hmm um
1: so what you're trying to tell us is you don't have a cool civil war cannon in the man cave
2: <laughs> oh what is there? not in here all that stuff's in the vault oh right? okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got the old yeah we've got several of the 50 cal muskets. like oh, the, oh really oh yeah where you tear the cartridge off pour the powder pack the ball in put the cap on the gun to shoot like yeah, oh, yeah. real. he had cap and swords i mean when he passed away, um, and actually when my grandmother, she's actually by 100 yards from me right now. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, they, they live right here beside My aunt and my uncle um, came out here with us, and my nana lives with them, and then my dad lives beside them. My brother lives beside them. <laughs> got a we compound. We got, got a little compound here. Yeah. Yeah. Amber's mom's three minutes up the road. You know, it's uh, – it, it really is a little small town life we got going on here. We just leave and, you know, do rowdy for a living three to four days a week and kind of come back to. <laughs> so, right. Um, it's a it's a pretty cool thing. But when when she got ready to sell that house that they that that they had in Jefferson, um, you know, kind of getting all his stuff together, she, it was it was. You know, time to move it and kind mm-hmm. of end it down. Mm-hmm. I, I was so tough. it had to be so tough for her. But um, I've got everything here in a safe place. If my cousins or my brother, or, you know, anybody, they'll come look at stuff. And they know anybody's welcome to anything. You know, as long mm-hmm. as, well as go one of the grand boys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: So it's a uh, man it's special to have that stuff. But yeah, man, I've got Confederate uniforms, Union uniforms. Uh, flags, I'm sure of all shapes and sizes, mm-hmm. as you can imagine.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but dude, that was that's a part of really my heritage here in Georgia as a southerner. Man, my mm-hmm. my papa grew me up. I know there's a lot of a lot of, you bring up the Civil War, a lot of people's mind go directly to the you know the flag and things like that. Um, man, my papa brought me up and all that stuff, and never once taught me to hate anybody, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Yeah, I just, we all look at it differently. And Mm -hmm. obviously I acknowledge what it was about. Sure. sure. But it's, uh, you know, it was one of those things, man, it meant a lot to him. And I I can tell you this, he used to do these living histories, man, where he would go to high schools and of course he came to our school and I'm in middle school and middle school is terrifying in its own right. Right. Just Mm -hmm. for no other reason than it's, it's, Middle school, Middle school. freaking <laughs> kids are heartless. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, imagine your granddad you who know, you love more than life itself calling you and going, Hey, I'm doing a, a living history, is what it's called. But what it is is he dresses up and all the get up with a gun now, mind you, mm. at, on school campuses. In, kind of walks them through the daily life of a soldier, what mm-hmm. a soldier would have been back in those days, what they had in their knapsack, you know, how they loaded the gun, how they, you know, all this stuff. And he goes, you know, uh, man, it'd have been a lot to me if you'd do the living history with him. So fast forward to me standing in front of all my friends <laughs> at school in a Civil War uniform mm. as the little drummer boy.
1: <laughs>
2: so you didn't get the gun i
1: guess <laughs> not that day, did. <laughs> Uh yeah. how was the firing squad that day
2: yeah that's what it felt like <laughs> get, but you know what man i missed that man oh man he was uh you know we all have that guy in our life we looked at it, it's mm-hmm. just that guy mm-hmm. and,
3: Mm-hmm. He was that
2: for me, man. He was he was bigger than life. Both my grandfathers were. But him in particular, because uh we always lived here in Georgia and we always lived within walking distance of their house. And he was just that dude for me, man. He he uh he that was a special man. He's mm-hmm. a very special man.
1: That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that very with cool. us, Brantley. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, but... yeah, very nice.
3: A little
2: drummer boy. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm sure I'll be here in all about it a week. <laughs> Bradley Gilbert was in Civil War reenactment.
1: <laughs> so, on a lighter note, in the man cave, do you have anything special that you received from BG Nation that you actually kept? Yeah. Like like any cool oh. gifts? Or is there like a really odd gift that you're displaying?
2: Yeah, no, tons of stuff, man. I'll tell you. He's um, looking around.
1: <laughs> looking I around. Understand? Let me check well, my inventory.
2: what I'm most proud of. Wow! look at all look, that. This is our bar. Yeah. And it's all of the dog tags in memory of bracelets. These two bills came out of Saddam Hussein's uh like palace. What? what? Yeah. How'd this- you get those? Oh my gosh. That's classified. <laughs> <laughs> But this flag, this folded flag, is actually the flag that you see right there. Um, uh, but showcases This one's a special one. This is actually okay. This up here, a buddy of mine is a, we're, we'll just say he's he gets he got one of the cool jobs. Well, if not the coolest in the military and uh, they have when the Twin Towers fell, um, you know, there was a like a cross that stuck down in the ground mm, mm-hmm. and steel, you know, and mm-hmm. it's the museum Well, there was also uh, another thing that came down that, that went to a specific place and um, eat this. My buddy went out there and knocked some, some rust flakes off of it uh, and brought them to me at a show. So that's actually like rusted metal flakes from the actual twin wow. power
0: wow man that's, that's a, super cool that's
2: a special gift wow. there. yeah yeah
0: that's very special
2: you're talking about crazy uh meet and greet gifts this guy that right there all three of those are shrapnel that came out of people <laughs> <laughs> wow imagine being in a meet and greet and somebody handing you that and going hey man they pulled that out of my you know
0: yeah that came I, out of my body yeah that, yeah
2: yeah yeah and there's stuff up here on the table right now, but I mean, patches, challenge coins, guys. From, yeah. from hey, hey,
1: the- hey, wait a minute, Brantley. Did I just see some swisher sweets there?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> Told you I was a Willie Nelson fan. Yeah, and that cool, is brother. boy,
1: that's old school. There,
2: <laughs> <Wow>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, you know, I'm not in the business of telling lies, we know what that's about, so yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah we do. Um, yeah, but yeah, do. this is uh. uh
2: all this stuff. This flag is actually the one you see in that that F twenty two. It's a Raptor, and it's uh the guy donated it to me, um, mm. or or dedicated it to me. Nice. Uh, and it was uh, flown by Lieutenant Colonel Fluger uh, for Brantley Gilbert during a combat mission over Iraq on the twentieth of February two thousand seventeen as a part of a coalition air strike to target and destroy ISIS operations in support of Operation Inherent Resolve. So. Wow. Very cool. There was some, some insurgents killed under that flag right there.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Hey, You know, if this songwriting artist touring thing doesn't work, you could be a great tour guide in the man cave. That could be the next thing. (laughs) Right. Man, this is, you got your own museum in there. Well, it's been
2: that's that's the thing. It's 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 so fun because, you know, a lot of it, like the music stuff. My everybody gave me all kind of crap because I had all these plaques and stuff just in a closet. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't want somebody to walk in my house and it'd be like a shrine. You know,
0: that's weird.
2: But up here with, you know, everybody kind of helping us put stuff together. I'm still working on – I got somebody working on getting some just black cutouts to put over my face because it's weird looking around and seeing <laughs> my face on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, our number one plaques and stuff and, and uh, gold records and platinums and stuff, like we're just sitting in a freaking in, – in a freaking closet. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is this is kind of a cool place to to put all that stuff up to. Uh, yeah, that's right. Here's cool. So one of our CD releases, our record label president got us on the hood of a like a NASCAR truck. Oh, I
3: so that's, that.
2: that's the actual hood, and it's got part of my face cut off. So I definitely love it. It's a yeah, it's a cool joint, man. I'm I'm proud of this thing. Yeah, that's great.
0: It's very it's very history. cozy, very homey. I like it. Yeah.
2: Right?
1: I, I, I guess, I guess when I was asking you about gifts from your fans, I didn't think they'd be that cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are sweet. I and mean, so meaningful. It, Holy cow.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I, I tell you, man, there's a lot of love went into building this place and, and you know, the, or the challenge coins and the, the dog tags and the patches. And of course those none of that belongs to me guys. That was, I tell everybody, anytime somebody gives me something like that, like, look, I, I can tell you where this is going. It's going mm-hmm. in our bar in the dog house. And yeah. um, if I ever say anything to piss you off and you want it back, it's yours. It's not mine. Yeah. You just let me borrow it. So you let me know and I'll get it back to you.
1: Very cool. So should I send you some Wisconsin Badger uh,
2: paraphernalia
1: no. to put in the doghouse?
2: <laughs> Come on with it. <laughs> We'll find somewhere for her. oh yeah, I know can, I know that can. yeah it'll
1: be in the circular file or the bonfire <laughs> oh or... no we <laughs> wouldn't
2: do that to you <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't do that to you hey yeah. man I'm a I'm a college football fan first and foremost yeah uh, you know I was I'm a Georgia that. Bulldog but I was born in Athens you know what I mean like yeah. the hospital yeah. I was born in it's literally a rock throw distance from the stadium yeah. yeah. Right. it was like my birthright. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Brantley,
1: we really appreciate you spending the time today. And it's just been a pleasure talking to you. And, you know, thanks for sharing the stories and, you know, giving us a tour of the man cave. And, you know, when you're out on tour, you don't get this opportunity to just sit down and, you know, talk like normal folk and have a conversation Mm -hmm. because you're always rushing, doing this and that. But we appreciate the time today being on our podcast and it's been great yeah thank
2: you y'all. thank y'all so much for having me yeah. i look forward to doing this again sometime yeah that'd yeah. be great yeah
1: very
2: it. soon hopefully that was good
0: bruce and i want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast which way is catering with justine and bruce
1: if you'd like to drop us a line you can email us at which way is catering at gmail.com or visit us at varietyattractions.com
0: A big thank you to our sponsors, Branigan Inc. and Spectrum Weather Insurance.
1: Which way is catering with Justine and Bruce?
0: Served up by variety attractions, celebrating
3: 60 years of entertainment excellence.
1: That's fabulous.